Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Let's take a look at the trailer for I, Frankenstein. Welcome this evening's guest moderator from Sirius XM's Entertainment Weekly Radio, Julia Cunningham, and tonight's guests, Ivan Strahovski and Stuart Beatty. That was a perfect introduction, except you failed to mention that I'd be sitting next to two beautiful Aussies. So thanks, you two, for being here. Um, let's start there, if you guys don't mind, and talk about Stuart and Yvonne, how important it was for you guys to do this in Australia. Stuart, you pushed for the movie to actually be filmed in Australia. Yeah, um, we don't often get the chance to make this kind of film in Australia. We don't really have the money for it. We do have the resources and the talent. Um, so this was a really great opportunity to, to show that we can make these kinds of movies uh, down there. We have great visual effects artists, we have uh, great actors, great crews, great sound stages, great locations. So it was, it was important to me to, to get it done down there. Now, obviously, everyone just saw this trailer, which is, you know, a build-up. It's pumping. But you also, the first thing you notice is this is not the monster we know as a classic Frankenstein monster. And how important was it for you to have him be, you know, a being? And, like, how did this kind of resonate in your mind before really getting involved in the film? Well, I really wanted uh, it to feel real. And I, I said from the beginning that the world, the movie would be set in the world of Mary Shelley. 
So uh, that means that all this really happened, that, that Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is text, it's history, it happened. So if it really happened, how would this really have looked? Which, and then I thought, well, it would have been a, a regular corpse and it would have been a dozen parts that would have been internal organs, you know, not stitching a leg on or an arm on because, you know, that's, what's the point of that? You may as well get a good-looking good corpse, you know, and, and make it your, uh, you know, your Which perfect specimen. Which he is a good-looking corpse. I was about to be like, a hot, hot corpse. Right. Hot so corpse. no bolts in the neck, no green skin, no eight feet tall. This is, a, this is what, to me, what would have happened if this had really happened. It was trying to take it all very seriously and really uh, get to the core of, of what uh, that character was all about. And Yvonne, you play Tara. What first brought you into the movie? Like, why did you choose to do I, Frankenstein? Uh, well, this came at a really good time for me because I had just wrapped up five seasons of Chuck and it was a, a good change of pace for me to come in and play a different character, change the accent because I play a British scientist. And, um, and I read Stewart's script. I thought he did a really good job. You know, this is a massive action movie and it's even bigger than what I thought it was going to be. But it also has this you know, very human story right at the core of it, which I know is really important for Stuart, and yeah. What kind of conversations would you guys have, and maybe Aaron Eckhart, who plays um, your monster, Adam, in, in the film, you know, what kind of conversation would you guys have in preparation about your interactions with him and seeing him as a being? You know, would you have emotional discussions, go there saying, push yourself, or, you know, how? what were those like? Yeah, well, I mean, the whole point was for for uh, Yvonne's character to see uh, Adam initially as a monster. And she calls him it uh, when she first starts talking about the monster. And by the end of the film, she's calling him him. And it's a very uh, deliberate thing because she's starting to really see the human uh, beneath the monster. And that's really the, what the story is all about. It's all about how this monster becomes a man, how he earns his humanity, how he earns his soul, finds his purpose. You know, I thought that would be a really interesting... Uh, Story to tell after, you know, we, we kind of end when, we kind of start where Mary Shelley's story ends. So you, you start with this monster that doesn't have a soul and then you take him on that journey where he earns his humanity and that to me was a, was a, a good story worth telling. Yeah, Yvonne, what kind of prep work as playing a scientist did you have to do? Yeah, I, well, when I first found out I was gonna play an electrophysiologist, I thought, gosh, mm. how am I gonna wrap my Big mouth words. around that? Yeah, electrophysiology, there was another one in the script, fibrillation, and I had no idea what those things meant, so I had to do a lot of research. I, I of course, went on Google, which is the modern day library now, so I did a lot of Googling, I watched a lot of YouTube videos on things like open heart surgery. I met up with a cardiologist who explained to me how the heart works, you know, the whole thing. So it was very, I, I felt like I had to wrap my brain around the technical aspect of it, as well as do, you know, all the, the backstory and the emotional stuff. And you don't really see a lot of Tara's backstory in the movie, but Stuart and I had a lot of discussion about what, why Tara was in the lab and why she was doing the work that she was doing. We actually had uh, an electrophysiologist that we consulted. His name was Dr. Sparks, believe it or not. And, um, <clears throat> and, he, yeah, and he, he, uh, he helped us out with a lot of the terminology and making it feel real. Um, another, another great thing Yvonne did was really learning how to stitch. Remember how you learned to do that? Yeah. With, with, with pliers that held the needle. So you're not holding the needle, you're holding pliers yeah. that hold the needle. What was the proper way? It's the proper way that nurses do it. So I spent a lot of time with a nurse and the prosthetics department, because th there is a scene where I have to stitch and I don't know if any of you know how it works, but 
there's a very thin prosthetic piece of skin that goes on top of the regular skin and I have to use real needles to stitch through it and I spent a lot of time with it because I didn't want to hurt anyone while I was doing it. So it was a little bit, that was probably one of the most nerve-wracking scenes. And doing all of that while making sure her hands are in the exact same position in every take at every word so that I could later cut the scene using different takes and her hands would be in the same place every time. So Yvonne, let's just say you're on your flight in the next couple days, a stewardess hits her head, has a huge gash, can you suture her? Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, you know... Someone could have a heart You'll attack. You'll jump over. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I got this. I can suture her. I'm an actor. Yeah. I can take care of this. <laughs> this is not right. a problem. Well, you know, I am curious just to know, even on set, because we were talking beforehand, like how intense and amazing some of just the special effects were. So when you're standing in the lab, even in the trailer we saw, you know, the two orbs with all the electro power, like what do you guys actually see as an actor when you're standing there on set? You really in, see nothing. <laughs> well, in the I mean, no, but you know, the I have to say, did. I will say though, the sets were amazing. Like I, for me personally, in the lab, there, there was a, a lot to work with. It looked incredible, and um, I mean, a lot of the stuff obviously was CGI. We have incredible computer stuff going on here that I, I don't even can't even begin to explain to you. But the rat that is in that movie um, was a real thing that they made. Um, which was extraordinary, you know. On, and even it was on the dangling last. in there, and you it would was, see, wow! Yeah. But you could see the, the the guys, you know, touching it up at the last minute, just putting the final touches on the flesh, and it, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, it was a puppet, basically. In the that's so. So there, there was a lot of pra- anything practical, we built it. You know, anything that you just could not build, uh, we had to do in, in CG. Yeah. Well, we actually have a clip of um, you and Bill Nighy in the lab. Let's take a look at that really quick, and then we'll break it down. If Frankenstein was real, if he really did animate a human, would it help you to study it? Well, yes, absolutely. But Mr. Wessex, it would have to be over 200 years old by now. There would be nothing left but but a few brittle bones. It's the first and only one of its kind, Dr. Wade. Who's to say how long such a subject might live? Who's to say? Well, first of all, I mean, I don't know if this is really a question, but I mean, Bill Nighy. Uh, Bill Nye. We love Bill Nye. <laughs> is that, uh, I'm like, Nighy, Nye. I mean, he is phenomenal. How is it just interacting with him and being able to act with him? He's awesome. He's a bit of a ladies' man, I would say. Is he? he likes to come to sit and tell stories, and he's very entertaining. Um, I made him eat a meat pie, but I think he's already done that, and he was just playing along with me. Yeah, you know, you know Jai Courtney, who plays Gideon, is kind of, he's a... Twenty-eight, twenty-nine-year-old guy is a real stud, and all the makeup ladies loved him until Bill Nye walked in. <laughs> and I remember, I remember him saying, "What happened?" I was like, "Sorry, mate, Bill Nye showed up. Your history." Yeah, move <laughs> along. Um, Yvonne, is this the first like film or any kind of set where you haven't been in the makeup chair as long as the actors? Like, I imagine Aaron Eckhart was in there for hours a day getting all sutured up. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I got off easy being one of only two humans in the movie. It was simple for me, very simple, which I was very relieved about. <laughs> uh, Stuart, how crazy were you about having something so specific, what you saw in your mind, come to life in terms of the demons and, you know, I know a lot of the CGI effects. Like, what did you imagine and did it really turn out? Yeah, it, it, it turned out a lot like I imagined. Um, I've always loved gargoyles, and there's never really been gargoyles in movies. And they're wonderfully cinematic creatures. They fly and swoop, and, and, and 
the one thing I knew about gargoyles was that they were up on cathedrals to protect us from demons. And I thought, okay, well, let's build a mythology and a world around that. Let's create that and create a world that really feels real. So in order to sell that, everything has to be thought out. So I wrote massive histories, biographies, biologies, all the rules of the world and kind of became an authority on gargoyle demon uh, relations, um, which is now on my CV. Um, but it was no. Uh, but then, then you know, you you uh, do a lot of designs, concepts. You talk and you you write out all these things, and and you just keep designing it and working it, working it until you get to a place where you feel like it's right and it feels real. And and what ended up in the in the film is is yeah is, is pretty much what I what I saw from the beginning. When you write a fight scene, how specific do you get? Do you say, I want this gargoyle to dive through the window, turn three times, pull his wings out, land? Like, how specific is it? Uh, it varies. It's specific if it, if it uh, really relates to story. They have to go through this window because in the next scene that's going to be set there. But usually, no, it's, it's and they fight. And then, you know, you get to the physics of it when, you, when you're shooting it, when you're making it. There's a big... Uh, Kali stick fight in the film and so that was pretty much and they fight and then we figured it out and choreographed it and, and, and shot it and, uh, and Aaron did all of his own stunt work in that and, and uh, figured intense. it all out. Yeah, it's very intense. Yeah, he trained for six months for that but they're, they're really dangerous sticks and it's both right and left hand, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of uh, time and, and skill went into that for him. So then as a director, um, Stuart, you know, do you say okay, demon number four, that was a great shot, but take the sheer look of terror off your face. Like, were there a lot of why? I mean, because some of the intense fight scenes are super intense. Like, how did you shoot them? Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of low and wide. You know, I really don't like the kind of quick cutting close-up fights where you don't know who's where and you lose all sense of geography. And I, when I go to the movies, I like to see my movie stars doing the fights and know that it's them doing it. So... I really just pulled the camera way back and put it low on the ground and just let the action kind of unfold head to toe um, as much as possible. Because that to me is worth the price of admission. That to me is something that I enjoy seeing. Oh my God, that's really Aaron Eckhart doing that. That's really cool to me. So uh, that, that, was, that was my mantra. And beyond that, it was uh, you know, no car chases, no shootouts, you know, no fist fights. We've seen that done well enough. Let's do some different kinds of action. Let's, let's make, give audiences things they haven't seen before. And then, Yvonne, did you think, I want more in on the action? I can get involved. Were those any type of discussions on set? Yeah, I was jealous. Yeah. Um, yeah She's like, I'm throw me <laughs> around, do something, <laughs> throw me anything. I'll, I'll fly into that wall. I'll do it. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, well, again, look, as a character, it was nice to change the pace and not be part of the actions and the stunts so much as I was, you know, coming from Chuck. Um, but I got to do a couple of things. I, I, got, I got some wire work in there and a little bit of a maneuver here and there. There's some shoving and stuff <laughs> happening, for sure. Some very rough shoving. Yeah. Although I imagine because in, in the film, your apartment is the scariest thing in the entire movie, I felt. That's right? not actually her apartment. Is that, that not? No. Where was that, that? That was an apartment that he found when oh, he came he to the city. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like her apartment. I thought, no. how <laughs> dare you write that into the script that she lives in such a derelict apartment? No, he he found that apartment when he came back to the city. And oh, thank He God. takes her back there. Yeah, that's so his like, place. You need to write better places for your actresses to live. Safety first, Stuart. How long did it take you in total to complete this whole film from conception in your mind, Stuart, all the way through that Final edit. Uh, it's been three years uh, since I first walked in the door and pitched, you know, it's, it's a story of a monster who becomes a man. That was three years ago in January, yeah, three years to now. 
So. And now I know it was, you know, the idea of it comes from a graphic novel, but it's not very close. Have you felt like you've had to defend your idea of what this, you know, this being is to people that are super fans? Yeah, look, everyone has their own conception of what Frankenstein is. And this is simply, you know, my conception. So, um, yeah, right from the start, it was all about trying to create a character that felt real enough that audiences could get over their own ideas of what the character is and believe what I was telling them. And a lot of that comes from Aaron and his performance. You know, he went way under, way deep under, you know, for this role. He, you know, the, the first day he walked on set and he had the hair and the makeup and he, the whole set went quiet and everyone just felt like they were in the presence of that monster. And he, he stayed under there for 45 days as we shot. And uh, it, was, it was really something to see. Was there anything, like maybe a scene, in sp like specifically, that you guys kind of had marked on the calendar? Like, we're building up for this big scene, like maybe towards the end, like the, a big fight scene or something that you guys thought, like, everyone like really has to push for this one big scene to come through. Uh, yeah, look, actually, it was a stick fight scene. You know, we had uh, a very short amount of time to shoot it, uh, and we had to get it right. And these guys have been training for months to get it right, and it was a dangerous fight and uh, we had about 20 spare sticks uh, if any of them happened to break during the fight and uh, after the first three takes we were down to about two sticks left so that was really worrying that we'd actually be able to have sticks to finish the fight um, because these guys were really going at it because the only way to really sell a fight like that is to really try and hit the other guy and if that guy's really trying to hit you then you've really got to block and, and defend or else you're getting clobbered so it's, it's, it's dangerous stuff, but they did it really well and we got it done. But that was a big one in my mind, getting that right. Because again, that was a, something that hadn't really been done in cinema. It's not since like Rambo. Right. You know? And your only notes were big fight. Big fight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he wins and he loses. <laughs> so when you have a scene like that, how long does it take to film? Are you doing take after take after take? Yeah, after we, we shot main unit uh, two days on that. Um, I would have liked four. <laughs> I would have liked double the time and double the money. It was only a, it's a thirty-six million dollar film, so you know we, it's it's not like it's a big, huge, expensive film. So we we had to really you know hit the ground running. We were doing uh, I think we averaged thirty-three setups a day. Wow! So well, that's, you made that's, it look that's big that's and fast. expensive. Yeah, well that that's that's the job. Yeah, um, Yvonne, what was your favorite scene to film? Uh... I don't know. All I can think of is my favourite scene that I've seen now, that I've seen the movie. I like it when Tara sees the demon for the first time, oh. which is a fun... Oh, just before the stick fight? Yeah. Where she says, I don't believe in gargoyles and demons, and yeah, then yeah, the demon yeah. shows up. And his face appears. Yeah, I like that scene, because it's a fun little moment for Tara. Uh, but, well, I mean, I enjoyed... All the Bill Nye stuff, yeah. I love the lab. Uh, that was really fun. Even the, the first scene... Well, you meet Tara. That was that was really fun as well. Well, let's talk about that scene when you first see the demon. Do you have to shoot that in ways like? Does that take all day? Like you're sitting there having him, and then that person comes back with like a full, crazy face on. Yeah, uh, it, it it can happen like that. But no, you usually you have um, you know the actors prepared you know hours in advance, so they're ready for that scene and they're ready to do it for you. And then, how many times do you shoot your like? wide-eyed, this is real. Do you have to do that over and over I don't and over know how again? many times we did it. It, was, it wasn't anything out of the ordinary because it doesn't stick in my mind. As a, you know, We didn't do it right. 50 times or anything. I think maybe, I don't know, 25 or something. But that's not... But that's uh, normal. Three or four takes. Normal? Do you <laughs> yeah. then... No. Uh, 
three or four. Yeah, you yeah. nailed I, it. I, I, I get no. bored after four takes. No, because with the wide shot, then the middle, oh, right, and the two yeah. shot, well, then the, then the two sense, cross. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. it like, adds yeah, up. It adds up, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Then Yvonne, do you walk then with the demon to craft services and? Get like I a do. Diet Coke. Yeah, I actually have a photo. Of, I thought it was very funny. I did see one of the demons making himself a cup of tea, so I snapped a photo, just to, for fun. Yeah. Um, I get a photo of a demon on a cell phone to his agent. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> What's the job? Okay, I can do that. <laughs> Is it almost like an out-of-body experience that you're walking off a set and then watching a demon drink tea? Like, will you tell me what that is like? It's pretty weird. I mean, kudos to the prosthetics guys who made such incredible demon faces. They look really amazing. I mean, that was one of the things. That was a plus for me as an actor to be able to, you know, actually have that in front of me, at least, at the very least, because with the gargoyles, that was purely um, computer-generated, right? We didn't, we, we didn't have any type of gargoyle mask or anything like that on set. So the, the demon stuff was, was great to have. Right, to have an actual visual. So how do you shoot when you when you have the CGI? Are you just thinking, like, I know exactly what is going to happen here. I, I know earlier you mentioned that you had vertigo at one point. Yeah, no, it, it, look, it starts with drawings. So you have a storyboard artist draw the thing and, and, if it's, and you have it drawn the way you want it. And that, that's a picture and everyone can look at a picture and see the same picture. Uh, so that's where it starts. And then you get uh, the computer animators in and they do previs. And that shows you very bad animation, but it shows you the movement and the camera movement and how things are going to work. And then that gives enough people enough of an idea of what lens to use, how far back to be, all that kind of stuff. And then Yvonne, I remember like one scene specifically. It's around the time when you first see the demon and Aaron Eckhart falls at least seven floors. Like, are you standing off set watching that happen? Like, do you get to be on set that the, day and see these kind of intense... The actual stunt? Yeah, the actual stunt. I'm not, I don't think I was there for the actual stunt. That would have probably been a separate thing that <laughs> another... It's not one giant take? And, uh, <laughs> no. That was yeah. a second unit shot. Yeah. Right, well, there you go. We, we were a main unit, so the second unit does shots like that where big rig stunts that take hours to set up and use a stuntman to fall because you, you can't throw Aaron Eckhart off four floors. Oh, interesting. And have the insurance companies be okay with that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So before the movie actually starts shooting, do you believe in having like big table reads and having, you know, computer guys that are the gargoyles uh, meeting with you, maybe Yvonne and Yvonne, you're meeting with a demon to just set everything straight? No, I actually avoid that. Um, I've, I've been on those sets and I've seen some of the best performances happen in rehearsal, happen on a table read. And I like to keep the magic alive, you know, because it only happens once and it's got to happen in front of the camera or else you've lost it. So what I do is I go through the script with the actors one-on-one -on -one and we'll take, you know, days to go through the script and examine every single beat, line, notion, and how are you going to say this, what are you thinking here, how about that, and, and really tailor it to them. And then so they know what, exactly what they're doing. They make tons of notes and then they know what they're doing and then that the other actors know what they're doing. So when they all get together on the day, everyone knows exactly what they're doing but they've never done it before together. And right. that that allows for the magic to happen and that, that's, that's what I really you know, seek. Which isn't what everyone does, by the way. There's a lot of people that do table reads and stuff. I personally am a fan of not as well. I don't like table reads and rehearsals because I do believe that the, the first moment where you put two actors together is something to be done in front of a camera because you only have that one time. Uh, and there is a magic that happens in the first take. Especially when you're having a scene where two characters are meeting for the first time, you know? Right, have it really have it meet happen for the first in, time. Yeah, in costume, on set, you know, after action, you know, that, that's the only way to do it in my book. 
Are there any discussions of you two working together again? Oh, hell no. Are you kidding? <laughs> wow, I barely was, survived this really one. <laughs> you not? No way. <laughs> no, we love her. No, I, I absolutely, I'd work with her again in a heartbeat. She's an amazing actress. She's incredibly professional. And, uh, you know, the camera loves her. You, you, can't, you can't get a bad angle on her. I tried. <laughs> I tried really hard. I instructed the camera crew. And really they, get they, in they there. came back to me, but like, we tried, we tried. Somehow it's Sorry. not working. It's not working. Um, you know, just in terms of shooting, you were, I said to you earlier before this started that I, I got to see the film in IMAX 3D and how awesome it looked. And you were saying you had to shoot it special to make that work, right? Can you just yeah, tell us yeah, about well, that? Yeah, well, look, a lot of IMAX conversions are, sh uh, they basically chop off the edges of the frame and then they blow up the center. And what that does is it leaves you with a really crappy resolution. Uh, and you're seeing less of the actual film. What we did on I Frankenstein was to go back to the original negative, which has the tops and bottoms, and we put those tops and bottoms back in. And then we had to paint out, digitally paint out the boom mics and the cameras and everything that was there. But what that does, it actually gives you a whole third more of the movie that you won't see in a regular theater. And of course, the resolution is crisp and clear. It's stunning. So it, it's a really beautiful IMAX conversion. And, and because this is one of those films which takes you to a world that doesn't exist in the real world, it's, it's, a, it's a great, really, it's the best way, the only way to really get immersed in that world. You know, when I first saw it in IMAX, I felt like I was back on set. You know, I felt like I was back in those rooms again. And uh, it, was, it was stunning. Yeah, and on the bigger shots, yeah, there were shots where, you know, the camera's tilting and you're just kind of falling out of your seat. It's great. It's, it's, you know, it's part of the ride. It is super intense. Mm, but it really immerses you in the world in a way that the, the regular cinema doesn't. So, I, you know, I recommend IMAX. It's, the IMAX is really, really, really worth it in this case. Um, even in the beginning of the trailer, we see a moment of Aaron Eckhart, like, trudging through the snow. Where was that filmed? That was done in Chile. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fact, just out of frame, there's, like, skiers going down the hills. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was just done up in a, in a, uh, in a ski lodge uh, way up in the mountains there. We had a little splinter crew go down there and shoot for about a week. Wow, I mm. feel like the DVD commentary is going to be ridiculous <laughs> with these stories. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. <laughs> Yvonne, were you only shooting in Australia? Did you get like a week in Chile? No, to do I anything? didn't get to go to Chile. I would have liked to come to I Chile. Any of my favorite actors get to go to Chile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that something when you're thinking, you're like, well, I'm going to write a mountain scene so we can also shoot in Chile. You kind of no. have that power, right? <laughs> no, no, it literally was because, you know, my decision was to start the film where Mary Shelley's book ended. And anyone who knows that book knows it ends on the ice. It ends up in the frozen north. And so the idea was to have this image of the monster carrying the body of his father through the snow across the mountains, you know, for day and night, day and night, until he finally found a graveyard where he could bury him, you know. So that, that I thought, was a really cool image to open on the film. And, and so... We had to go down to Chile to find it. Yeah, understandable. It is because <laughs> those kind of mountains just don't exist in Australia. You no. know, we would have shot there if we could. Right. Well, we're going to jump to the Q and A in a second. I just before I kind of let other people take over, I do want to know what what are you working on next? I know it's a little early, maybe to say. Or are you currently writing? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm actually working on something very, very special. I've been, God, been working towards it for about twelve years now. So we're in that stage where we're dotting I's and crossing T's on contracts and praying and hoping that it all closes. And everyone assures me it will. And if it does, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone will hear about it. You'll but, let us uh, know when it all I'll closes. I'll let you know. But yeah, it's a kind of a dream project for me. And Yvonne, I know it's been in the news that you're now part of 24. Can you tell us anything? 
Any exciting tidbits to throw out there? Oh, no. Um, I can tell you that I'm going to London. Okay. On Thursday morning, actually, to shoot for four and a half months. And I play Kate Morgan. Don't know why they gave me the last name Morgan. That's interesting for those of you who watched Dexter. What's up? Dexter Morgan. Oh, Dexter Morgan, right. right. I'm Kate Morgan. Right. It was probably in their mind and just threw it on there. Maybe, yeah. Um... And I can say that uh, when you meet Kate Morgan, she is hunting Jack Bauer. All right. Um, that's about it. Sounds good to <laughs> me. Um, I think we got to jump out to the audience now and take some um, questions. This question is for Stuart. Hi, Stuart. Uh, my Hi. name's Evan. Big parts of the Caribbean fan. I love those movies. I enjoy seeing them. This is a three-part question, though. Uh, so for the movies, uh, what was the experience like? And... What was it like working with Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, Karen Knightley, and Penelope Cruz? What's the new movie Dead Man T- Tell No Tales is going to be like? And is for the movie I Frankenstein that you talked about today, is the movie going to be shot with IMAX cameras? Okay, part one. Um, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Look, I really only was involved in the first film. I wrote the first film, basically. But then after that, other writers uh, wrote two, three, and four. And other writers still have written the fifth film. Um, my goal is to write and direct the sixth one. So kind of starting in the franchise, that, that's my goal. Uh, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk afterwards. <laughs> but everyone was lovely and then they're all professional. Um, the second question was the... Dead Man, yeah, I don't know anything about that because uh, I'm not involved in it. Uh, and the last one, no, um, we did not shoot in IMAX. Uh, we shot on the Epic Red cameras, but uh, like I said, we used the full, the full 4K uh, digital image from those, those, uh, those Red cameras, which were great. So how is it different working in a movie, filming a movie, and something that's a little more like maybe, you know, short time frame, but you're filming a lot during it? Yeah, can you maybe just speak to the differences between the movie, TV, play? Yeah, I mean, I think you've hit right on it. I mean, for me, the main difference is that television sort of feels like a marathon. You have, and, and, and you don't really know where the ending is going to be because you have scripts coming in and... I mean, the 24 thing, you know, I know there's going to be 12 episodes, so, but there's always scripts coming in, so you're very much on the go, whereas with a movie, you have a very clear beginning, middle and end, you have one script, you, you have a lot more focus and a lot more time to work on it and, and shoot it as well, hopefully, if the budget's big enough. Um, yeah, and theatre is a whole other thing again. Um, I feel like that really exercises your muscle as an actor. Uh, in a, in a really different way where I think it's probably one of the rare times that as an actor you're fully in control on stage because there is no director there to call cut. There's no, there's no editing, there's nothing. You, it's all on, on you, really, once you're in performance stages. And video games, you do that too. And vi- um, yes, video games. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's a voice in a booth. You don't often get to see any of the visual stuff uh, when you're working on a video game. So you, you get to see pictures of characters, but that's usually about it. Show them how you do the kissing scenes. It's great. No. <laughs> do it. That's on YouTube for everyone to see. I mean, you know, in the game. Oh, right. uh, yes, my question is for Yvonne. Um, do you have a date tomorrow night for the premiere? Because I would love to <laughs> fill that position. I'm uh, sorry. I'm just kidding. Um, oh, okay. oh no, I'm not kidding. Were you going to say yes? No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, unfortunately for you, I, I do have a date, okay. actually. So. Well, then my real question, and my second question, that was a real question, too. My second question is for you, Director Beattie. Um, 
was Frankenstein I always... Have a date, too, yes. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, was Frankenstein always something, like, that you had always wanted to have a part in direct or have a role in? Has that always been... Uh, I worded that badly. Uh, when you were a child, was that like always a story that struck you in a way? Yeah, look, I've always loved the story, and I'd w I wish I'd had the idea just on my own, because I think it's a great idea. Um, what I love about it is that, you know, in, in a lot of action movies, the first thing that gets sacrificed is character, right? And I figured, well, here's an opportunity to make a really character-driven action movie, and if you, if you tried to whittle away the character, you can't call it Frankenstein anymore. So that was really why I took the job, because I knew at the heart of this action movie for as big as it got would always be this great complex rich character that we could get a really great actor for and we could tell a really great story with and take him on a really cool journey so uh yeah look i've always loved the character and i've always you know i, I think everyone loves the character for that reason you know he's he's this very lonely guy who's you know had uh you know been treated horribly by the human race and so to kind of create a story where he kind of sacrifices the one thing he wants, which is love, for the human race, you know, that's a great, well, why does he do that? Well, you know, and that question, why does he do that? That's the whole movie, you know, and I think that's an interesting question to throw at him. And, and you know, what happens as a result of that to him, I, I think is, is very interesting too. So, yeah, I, I, again, it just sort of was a great opportunity, great character, and put him in an action movie and you've got something really you can hold on to. Mm. Hi. Um, the question's for Yvonne. Um, you're really good at accents, and I know you use a British one in this. Is there any accent that you'd want to do on a project that you haven't done yet? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I wouldn't mind doing my, a Polish accent, kind of like what my, how my mum talks. Um, Polish, what else? Oh, I'd love to do a Southern American accent. Uh, that would be awesome. But one of my favourite ones that I did was when I did Golden Boy, this time last year in town, the, the Broadway play where I got to do the 1930s Jersey accent. There's a bunch of American accent that, accents that I'd like to do, but Southern is on my list. Hi. Thank you so much for doing this. Ah, pleasure. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, Thanks for coming. It. I love it. Then, uh, Yvonne, you are absolutely gorgeous. I'm a big fan. Then I love Chuck. Then I met Zachary Riva here. He's a super nice guy. So you are lucky he, you work with him so long time. With, with Zach? Yeah, with Zach, Chuck? yeah. Yes, he's yeah, a very he, lovely person. Yes. yes. So my question is, you did so many actions in, in uh, Chuck, TV show Chuck. Then, uh, by the in your life, you are really strong and tough woman. Or no, then did you like, you know, playing tough and strong woman? Then also, I never been to Australia, but I had it so hot. So do you like New York? New York is so cold. Oh, yeah. I then, uh, then Stuart, I heard you wrote, you wrote so many great movies, like Collateral, Australia. So which one is most hard, more harder, you know, like directing and writing? But thank you so much. I like Pleasure. It. Thank you. Oh, I forgot my question. Um, uh, New York, I, I, I like New York. I, I don't mind the cold, and it's, it's a nice change. Um, and then uh, did you ask... If I'm tough and strong in real life, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I guess. Well, I'm. I like. I'm an. I consider myself to be an active person. I like to hike and rock climb and horse ride. And uh, I recently took up surfing this summer. So, you know, I don't fight people in the street, but. 
Maybe you just haven't had the opportunity. No. Um, Anyone look, want to go back? <laughs> <laughs> writing and directing are such different jobs. Uh, it's very hard to compare them. I enjoy them both equally in, in different ways. You know, writing is a very insular job. It's just you and your computer and your imagination. Uh, directing is, you know, harnessing, you know, a thousand people and getting them all to work towards one particular vision that's in your head and you're, you're trying to get everyone to see. So um, I always wanted to be a filmmaker and, and direct, uh, but I love writing as well. Um, you know, uh, so it, it, yeah, it, it's too hard for me to kind of separate, but, uh, but I, I love both. I'm, I feel very blessed to be able to do what I do. Thank you. Uh, this is for you, Yvonne. Um, you've played uh, a serial killer, uh, a spy, you're going to play a CIA agent, and an uh, electrophysiologist. And you always manage to make them extremely likable. Is it the writing? Is it you? Because you're pretty likable here. <laughs> <laughs> or is it a little bit of both? I think you're incredible, and you're f it's packed with your fans today. So. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's interesting. Um, no, uh, let me answer that, because she is oh, very, very likable. I mean, she, I mean, every, it's really hard not to like her. And, you know, we, again, we all tried to do that, too, on the set, but no one succeeded. You know, and it's one of the reasons, you know, why she's so great for the film, because she's the one human, really, that you really get to know in the film. And the whole story is why the Frankenstein monster, you know, gives up what he wants to save mankind. So the one human that he has in contact with has to be likable you know to a certain degree and, and what she's doing as a character is very you know morally gray she's trying to bring back the dead so you know she's obviously got some demons of her own but but i think one of the one of the reasons why you believe why you know he does what he does in the end is, is because uh you know she is so likable i will say though just to give me some more credit in my acting abilities here Stuart. Um, when I am playing a not so likable character, <laughs> I do think it's important when you when you get somebody like a serial killer or or someone who is on paper not likable. I do think you you have to find a way to make them likable, you know, so that the audience can connect with you in in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and I know in De with Dexter in particular, Michael does a really good job of that because he plays a serial killer, you know, so. Um, there, there, it is important to, to still do that. With, with this one, I didn't have to do that so much, as Stuart so kindly explained. <laughs> thank you guys for coming out, and thank you guys for coming out, my two beautiful thank Aussies. You. you guys are wonderful. The movie comes out this Friday, January 24th, and as Stuart says, go see it, IMAX 3D. Right? Thank Hit you. it up. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you.